what inspired me to play basketball was my father. I started when I was five, and he was uh, older. He was 35, I believe, and I was very judgmental as a kid. And I was like, why is my 35-year-old dad, you know, buying Jordans to play basketball, buying shoes to try to... And he showed me that it's not about, you know, any of that. He taught me the mental part of the game. And from there, it just, like, grew. This is Rebranding Cannabis. I'm your host, Jared Mursky, and you're listening to the show that helps the industry grow. Hear from industry titans, thought leaders, and the up-and-coming founders of this multi-billion dollar industry. Presented by Wick and Mortar. All right, this is another episode of Rebranding Cannabis. I'm your host, Jared Mursky, and in today's episode, we have uh, one of my good friends and now one of my partners, Larry Williams, a.k.a. Bone Collector, uh, street ball legend. Bone, what up, my man? Thank you for having me, my guy. It's yeah. really good to be here. Yes. In freezing Seattle. Yes. Um, and now it's snowing. Good. It's snowing right now. Now you might be stuck here with me. Hey, hey. we've been having fun, though. You yeah. learned how to shoot a basket with your left hand this week. Yes, I've been discouraged uh, as it relates to playing basketball my entire life because I'm 5'5". Five five. Well, that's what my ID says. And <laughs> And now I can shoot. I feel pretty. I feel pretty good about that. Not yeah. even gonna lie. Yeah, it was fun. Well, I want to thank you for bringing me here and just introducing me to so so many beautiful and wonderful people here. Um, and I'm very excited to kind of get to know a little bit more about what you do and vice versa. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm ultimately excited to know more about what you do. But first, I have to give you something. Okay. Uh, we have something in common that. Uh, we share, and that's our our fascination with toys. Yes, and our collection. So I have a little Uh-oh. something something for you. Drum roll. Oh yes, Tweety and Bugs. Thank you. Here. Yep. Just so you guys know, I collect bones and I collect toys. Thank you, sir. Yep. Add those that. to the collection. Yes. Um, interesting story about these. Oh, shh. I ain't gonna curse, but this guy has bones in his body. I didn't even know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you look at the back of the box, it's got. Oh, man. So this is a lot different than just a regular toy. Oh, this is not your typical toy. Yeah, this Where'd is you get this? From a guy named Jason Freeney. He's, mm. a, toy, he's a toy creator I found on uh, Instagram. I and think then they I... gotta zoom in on that. Hold on. Can they see that? Yep. Wow. So you say he's, a, he's on Instagram? And... Yeah, he's a toy creator, yeah. So I he thought he was cool. I thought it was really cool. You know, I've been looking into toys just because I think that there's a huge uprise with respect to what the guy that created the Ka, the Cause dolls mm-hmm. behind, as you see behind me, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> he started off as a graffiti artist and then became, uh, uh, well, then he went to school for art and design and mm-hmm. then he came out working for Sesame Street. Um, yeah. And then he started, you know, basically taking um, his, you know, urban art skills and recreating nostalgic characters from in our pastimes mm. and you know turning that into you know high-end you know urban art i'd call it right. and you're starting to see this huge trend of millennials now buying art is where before they were never right. you know, it was really more like collector's cards and shoes right so this is kind of in the same vein right which is which is what makes it really interesting this is awesome thank you man you don't even understand i'm gonna take the greatest bath ever with these toys <laughs> Pause. <laughs> Pause. 
Is that pause? I don't know. When you're a kid, you play, you yeah, you take a bath with your toys. Yeah. You're still a kid at heart. That's not yeah, that's pause. That's true. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. It's a technical a foul on you. Oh, sure. Oh. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I wanted to talk about, primarily because I think that there's a huge, um, you know, disconnect between, you know, sports and cannabis and CBD. And so one of the things that, you know, I'm interested in helping um, you know, share and shed light on as it relates to the things that, you know, you're involved in, you know, with the NBA and, and, you know, all of these cool projects is, you know, I, I want to figure out a way ultimately to, to get the NBA and, and, and to get, you know, you know, more awareness around the fact that, you know, there are a tremendous amount of medicinal benefits mm-hmm. um, that I believe that could help, you know, you're already looking at the NFL, mm-hmm. you know, they've adopted it, given the fact that they've been able to prove through um, you know, scientific studies that it helps create a cellular wall that protects the brain from, you know, getting concussions. Hmm. And so if that's the case, you know, I wonder what, you know, applications could be used for, you know, yeah. the sport of basketball, you know, hmm. you think of like topicals and things yeah. like that when you're breaking, breaking ankles, you know, you got to think, you know, how would that stuff work? So, so just something to think about. That's very interesting. You bring that up. Um, I talked to you about that for a long time and I, have, it was just racking my brain to think that, you know, there are different ailments that you get dribbling the ball like I dribble it. So, you know, there's injuries that I have that may require some sort of enhance, enhancement to recover itself or to heal itself. So mm-hmm. I go to a lot of therapy centers and they give me teas and tonics and they, do top, they use topicals. They use all these different things. I see a lot of athletes. I train a lot of athletes. They use these things, different tools and, and methods to heal their bodies. Um, I am very excited to see what, what, you know, we're in 2021 and to, to recover your body and have these outlets, I think it's important for kids to know that when you say CBD, what does it actually mean? So they get a better understanding of it. It's not what you, what you may typically think it is. It's something that is, you know, for me and my, my basketball career, playing outside does not feel great, by the way. And when you play outside for long enough, you develop um, little ailments and injuries, so on and so forth. Mm. And as you train yourself, and as long as I've been playing, you start to find things and you know that hinder your athletic ability because of those nagging injuries. Um, <clears throat> moving forward, every player nowadays, if you're playing as hard as you should be, you should have a therapist on hand, on standby to you know keep you prepared to heal yourself. So. I'm just excited to, you know, kind of hear more information about what it, what is, you know, what, what is it that the benefits of, of using topicals and, and, you know, if I, if something like that was to benefit me as fast as I'm moving, who knows? Yeah. And I mean, that's the whole point of, you know, this podcast is to help change the perception, not necessarily by, you know, talking to those that already use it, but mm. perhaps those that can help change the perception of it through a deeper understanding as it relates to helping with, you know, athletes and, and injuries alike. Right. So, you know, when I look at CBD, though, too, you know, there, there aren't always, you know, upsides. You know, if, if you're, um, if you're a, uh, you know, a, a medical patient, mm-hmm. not necessarily with respect to cannabis, but, you know, you're on cancer treatments and you're taking, you know, tons of pharmaceuticals right. and you start consuming <clears throat> CBD, well, CBD is much like grapefruits. You know, mm-hmm. it blocks the liver from producing enzymes that break down the nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals. So if you're not mm-hmm. um, being cautious, you could overdose on your own pharmaceuticals wow. and never know it because <clears throat> your, your liver isn't breaking down those enzymes. Mm-hmm. And if it's 10 times more potent than grapefruits, 
then it's certainly something that people should be aware of, mm -hmm. specifically since doctors already recommend women who are pregnant not to take, you know, uh, yeah. eat grapefruits or drink grapefruit juice because of the you yeah. know prenatals. That's so and those are vitamins. So just right. imagine what you know um, pharmaceuticals would do. Right. So there's still a lot of education that is lacking, and there's still a lot of misinformation. Right. You know, CBD is very much like you know, cacao and chocolate, as far as I'm concerned, it's an ingredient, right. you know, I think mm. that there are more brands that need to start emerging that actually start solving problems that are more niche focused, mm. much like CPG brands mm. have under their, you know, uh, triage of, uh, or their brand umbrella. Right. Mm. And so, you know, looking at all of the different opportunities, I just see so many in, you know, uh, basketball and, 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 and it's not just necessarily the NBA, but, and, you know, it's, it's more so with just treating things that, um, it, you know, could become, uh, you know, future, future, uh, I guess you'd say future problems, you yeah. know, being, being um, proactive rather than reactive. Right. You being know, prepared. That's right. And one thing I want to mention is that we live in a world where anxiety kind of, you know, plateaus everyone's mindset, so to speak. So we have 40 in over leagues, 35 in over leagues. I'm in Los Angeles. There's a league for everything. If it was COVID, you know, COVID aside, and you know, those guys go through situations where they're not getting professional treatment when they're you know, playing every year. I'm pretty sure there's a three-on-three -three tournament out here every year that some guys have gone to for the last 10 years, and there's information they might be missing. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely. Well, treatment's expensive. Yeah, it is. So yeah. that information, you know, being that it is missing and it is something that should be discussed, I think if it's presented the, the way that you're presenting it to me, kids will be more, you know, studious. They'll be more understanding of let me hear what it's about before, before they jump to any conclusion about it. Because being honest, I think that, you know, the human body is always recovering. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's going to need and it's going to need a, a, a few tune ups here and there, whether it be mental or physical i i couldn't agree more mm -hmm. ah, mouth is parched we'll do that to you <laughs> so you were talking a little bit about the leagues how many leagues are there because i you know I, everyone's familiar with the nba and then you know obviously college but i don't think people realize how many leagues there are actually <clears throat> out there that people can participated in so can you kind of give me the breakdown yeah um, what's like the tree of leagues look like so when it comes to um on the level that i train at so i know that the opportunities and jobs that are available for pro athletes consist of nba and then overseas international basketball and before you get to that level it's g league and then you have cba australia so there's about total italy you have about 10 leagues that are prominent being NBA being the first one and see in um, G League and then and so on and so forth. Now that's top tier. That's you know, you know that's the, the Zion Williams and those guys who go number one draft pick, Lamelo Ball, those guys, right? And then you have your just I what I call them are recreational superstars, right? Mm -hmm. So that's your Drew Leagues, your Rucker Parks, your Dykeman, your you know, all these big, huge tournaments in, in these basketball cities where the pro players come out to these parks and they play just for the summer. Some, you know, money tournaments here and there. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have your local uh, men's leagues and then you have your local three on three. 
and you have these annual things coming around. Um, so you got a, you know, you got a plethora of different leagues, almost, you know, up to 20 different op- situations and opportunities to play basketball in Los Angeles if you are dedicated to the sport. Now, how many leagues have you played in and which leagues were they? Um, I played in probably all of them. <laughs> I've been playing for a long time. So I would, I would play in these leagues when I was younger. <clears throat> so the only league I didn't play in was the NBA. I hurt myself in training camp. But, but you work for the NBA now. Yeah, so. Yeah. So I, I kind of play for it. Well, I train the players. I see. I, you know, you we, we work oh, on yeah. the same court. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I witnessed firsthand. You know, you're training good old mm, Nate Robinson. I mean, oh, that, that's my guy. That's. I mean, that was pretty legit watching you train. I mean, he was mm-hmm. just watching your every your every step, your every move, and it, you know, it's mm-hmm. the way that you handle yourself. You know, on the court and off the court is impressive. Well, thank you. You're welcome. He, well, he's family, so that was my, a lot easier. I had you there. I had my team there. I, I have to give nothing but you know like a tremendous respect to my team they they work in a capacity where it's much easier for me to do my job if i just have to play and you know the, the guys that i deal with are quote unquote i don't want to put people on the list but they're like top of the line guys and in their professions so i don't want them to feel uncomfortable we're working on some pretty crazy stuff so well shout out to nina and jordan then yeah big yeah. shout out to those guys yeah and we got <clears throat> When we have a person like Nate, like we did, as you say, he was watching very closely. It's almost as if me and Nate were, our we were growing up with our ball handling being challenged, even before we got a chance to do that, because he was stopping the drills and asking more questions than you guys, mm-hmm. right? And I, from from that perspective, I think that I learned from him too, and mm-hmm. that's why I think it worked so well, mm-hmm. because it wasn't like I was trying to be the expert. I was very good at what I'm doing, but I never modify your dribbles. I told you, you could do whatever you want as long as you do it by this sequence, mm-hmm. right? And I think just because I was able to teach it that way, it was more productive for his basketball training mentally first. Mm-hmm. And then the body is always going to follow the mind. And it was much, is it just the, the transition from him listening to me, trans, translated to his kids, which I was there for that particular reason, just to make sure his kids knew that even during pandemic, you don't need much to work out, and I'll show you how. So I wanted to show them my work ethic, so they can at least have some drive and, mm-hmm. and look forward to me coming back. Was so. it hard? Was it hard transitioning from an athlete to a coach? For me, it it wasn't because I had some experience being coached, or uh, I was being coached, and I was at my actual high school coach. So mm. I won a state championship before. So, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I don't. Sure, I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. I, thank you. Yeah, yeah that's good. Cool. <laughs> I uh, went. I coach at San Gabriel Academy. I'm an assistant uh, coach, and I do player personnel. We, uh, we have some amazing athletes coming out of our school, and because we do so well, we have staff started, which you have now mm-hmm. been introduced to, Bone Collector yes. Academy. Yes. And uh, it's probably the most amazing thing I could think of when you I'm have excited. you have you know James Harden and Nate Robinson and who and whoever I don't want to say the next name can't say the New York guy that we're going to do next we're going to play oh. train next he's a very prominent New York guard um that's going to be one probably the best one of the best training sessions I've ever done because I'm I'm going to study this person he's one of the ball handlers I admired mm-hmm. as a kid mm-hmm. and to work with him is going to be a a whole nother ball. Yep. Look out. Bone Collector Academy coming to you very soon. Very soon. Very soon. <clears throat> I'm excited. 
Cool. So kind of back on, so back on, uh, you know, the coaching side, you know, one of the things that I find interesting is, you know, coaching styles. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I'm very much a student, but I'm also, also a coach. You know, my friend always says, you know, the teacher will appear when the student is ready. And so I always mm-hmm. feel like, you know, if you're willing to, as long as you're willing to listen, you can learn from anyone. Yeah. And so, you know, we've shared a lot of stories as it relates to our past, but you know, like us both, we haven't had the best upbringing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, just hearing your story, you know, it, it's, it's inspiring because, you know, I think the one thing that we share is, is, you know, it's all of the, all of the crazy shit that we did when we were younger is what shaped us to who we are now. And because mm-hmm. of that, um, you know, we just look at life differently mm-hmm. and, I, I see how much you appreciate your team and the people around you. Mm. And more importantly, it shows through your coaching. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. You know, mm. thank you. You coached me. You know, I got, I got to learn free basketball skills from this little legend over here. Hey, I ain't nobody. Hey, you hey. got good, too. Two days. That was really, really impressive. Your ball handling is not what I was training. It was the mind. See? I could have showed you these moves. You wouldn't have been able to do them. <laughs> but I showed you why you do mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And then when you figure out why you do them, you'll start to tighten up when you do them. <laughs> and then the deep, you're not a, you don't like to lose, obviously. So you're going to try your hard. No, I, I don't like losing. Yeah, if I, you're first, I, you're last. Yeah. I, oh, God. I hate that metaphor. <laughs> Talladega Nights. I know. <laughs> so um, what age was it when you actually started <clears throat> playing basketball? Was there somebody in your life that inspired you um, to play? Or was it just like, you know, I, you, know you just picked up a ball one day, you're like, this is my, this is my jam? Um, what inspired me to play basketball was my father. I started when I was five, and he was uh, older. He was 35, I believe. And I was very judgmental as a kid. And I was like, why is my 35-year-old dad, you know, buying Jordans to play basketball or buying shoes to try to... And he showed me that it's not about, you know, any of that. He taught me the mental part of the game. And from there, it just, like, grew. And the first game he taught me was how to play uh, when you play, like, uh, Mm two-on-two. How to play without the ball, which is probably the funnest thing I've... I didn't... It sounds funny, but... What it, what it means is when he, you know, you throw him the ball because he's the best player, you set him a screen and you just run around. You cut. And if you're open, he'll throw it. If you're not, you run to the corner. You move without the ball. So it's almost like for me, it was fun to figure out when he was going to throw it, what I was going to do with it when I caught it. And I think from there, I just had that drive to like be like kind of mastermind how I was going to get my opportunity when I got it. So I would try to, you know, work my hardest to get there and then overthink the play. And I was pretty awful at five <laughs> and sometimes he would tell me i really don't want to throw you the ball today you're not working on your craft at home when i give it to you you're taking too long to shoot it you're doing all these things so the way he explained it it didn't seem like he was being harsh it seemed like he was being more realistic and now i can train that way it's easier so it seems like you learned a lot of that kind of coaching <clears throat> mindset from pops yeah oh yeah from oh yeah from five to 17 when we played our last game I um the game never ended because he called a bogus foul and he just walked off because he knew I was gonna win. That's what I think. <laughs> but we we stopped there. Um and realistically, he just prepared me for life first. You know, to how life works is kind of like a basketball game. You have the opportunity to make your shot, 
depending on how hard you work on it. You know, you have a shot to do everything you want in your life, but it's how hard are you practicing on that before you actually take it. And a lot of us shoot shots too soon and we take too long and we overthink our decisions and that's how life works. Mm -hmm. So he told me basketball is not about making the right decisions. It's about knowing when you want to make your decision. So I think that those things that I, you learned in my everyday life was, it made it easier for me to get on the basketball court. And then for some strange reason, over the last 10 years, people have just been falling. What do you mean? I mean, I do a move and someone just falls. Oh, down. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that part's about, but. Well, you, it looks like you invented some of your own basketball moves. Yeah, I did. Yeah. What are the, what are, can, you have names for them? Yep. Oh, okay. Um, What's the collect call, the 187, the, I have a move called the take your breath away. Um, How does that work? It's a lot going on in the move, but it'll take your breath away for sure. Feels like a, just feels it like will. the drills. Right yeah, the drills we were doing, right? I was like three and done. I was so like, so uh. we, you guys, you did kind of one of the moves in those drills when I had you do um, some of the ball handling, going back and forth up the court. And the moves are just sequences. Mm -hmm. I was a big fan of karate when I was young, so I learned different patterns and sequences with a basketball and with a using it as my mentor or my favorite oh. my favorite uh athlete of all time bruce lee would say you become the cup forget the water you become the, you know mm -hmm. he was getting into these metaphors and i don't want to get into them as far as he did but all he all it was for me was simply if you're trying to stop me from scoring i don't have to be there and then when you're there i'm not there and everything's countering from that moment, like almost like you're dancing with the person. Mm -hmm. When you master those things, you can dance without them. You can mm -hmm. stand away, dance in your own zone. When mm -hmm. they get close to you, you dance away. So now the cat and mouse game becomes like, you know, like the punches they throw. And so I, I went to China and tested this. This is, I didn't want to just say, oh, I'm going to play like Bruce Lee or I didn't want to do anything metaphoric. I said, your feet and your hands can actually hurt people. So you can actually sl literally slap somebody with your hand and it'll hurt. So if I can dribble this ball fast enough, it'll affect your feet, your knees, your ankles sometimes. <laughs> I want, you know, you see those guys that are doing the slap competitions? Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> the slap competition is funny. <laughs> you see the powder flying off. Oh, my God. There's this one guy that always mm -hmm. walks around. And he like injected something into his arms, mm. and so he's like skinny, but he's got these big arms. No way! It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> just to win a slap fight? Uh, no, he didn't win. Oh. He just did it because he won his arms. And he didn't big. win? No, That's no. Terrible. He was going up against some big ass dude who just knocked him cold out. <laughs> I just, yeah. Nope. Sorry. I like feeling my face. The sensation. Yeah. Not losing it. Pause. But <laughs> we, uh, I mean, we definitely have that in common as far as you know. Our work ethic because when we did those the little drills here and there there was just you know it was two movements you know forward sideways forward attack finish and those simple moves are it's, it's almost like a dance step right mm -hmm. and but it's so sleek and designs a certain way where it becomes weaponized so I practiced it so long that I'm able to teach it to NBA players and I'm not on, I'm not, I don't like to put people on levels, but I just think that it's important to share your gift with everybody. And I agree. If you're good at something, you should share it. What, what was, I mean, what, what prevented you 
you know, I don't know if you ever really talked about this, honestly, but what prevented you from going to the NBA? Was that just a personal decision or was it just I like... I was just involved in the uh, a lifestyle that I shouldn't have been involved in and going in and out of situations I shouldn't have been in, or incarceration. And mm-hmm. I, it's just, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it wasn't something that mm-hmm. was necessary. I think more so than anything, I needed to see that life was as as full as I thought it was. I didn't just see how empty people were to know who I was. So, you know, I was a glutton, so to speak. I was full of myself. I thought I was, you know, because of my, just because you can dribble a ball or rap or throw a football, it doesn't make you better than anybody. So once I, when you go through a situation and you've been through some things that I have, you see that the playing fields are a lot different and, and it doesn't make us any less uneven, then you change your life. And that's what I did. You switch it around. You show the people that, may not have had anything you show them that you don't need anything you know you need all you need is a person to believe in what you're doing and you'll get it done well i mean you're 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 so 100 percent. i mean i just watching how you know you were able to take yourself out of you know what was once you know probably just um a series of events that just felt like they would never end to now what is an opportunity day by day filled with love, family, and friends. And, you know, that is the dream, right? Yeah. And it's, it's being rich in relationships. Yes. And not, it's not just wealth, you know. Mm-hmm. When you've gone through things like you've gone through, you know, money just becomes material. And, and the, real, the real value is in the relationships that you build along the way. Absolutely. And I read a lot. So money is an absolute poison. It's artificial and it, you can get King's disease. You know what that is? Mm-mm. I explained it to you off camera. You don't want that. Mm-mm. A lot of our entertainers have King's disease. Serious. It's not okay. It's not okay. Think about when. Are you talking about just having a big ass ego? It's a little deeper than that. Oh. A lot deeper. I don't want to get into it now, but you'll understand it. It's basically. We we come from. There's a pattern to how the world is set up, right? There's one. You know, the money's in a certain place, yeah. and it's not in certain places. So there's those people suffer from you know diseases hmm. and physical ailments too. You it you I want to explain it to you a little bit more. No, I think I mean it's it. If oftentimes money can be the root of all evil. Yeah. You know, and it seed. You know, it, it can create you know issues in environments that don't need to be there you know it's just it's for example sure. <clears throat> have you ever met somebody who you knew if you gave them too much money they'd hurt themselves with it do you uh, know people that if you give them 10 million dollars right now they'd be dead and drunk somewhere in a ditch <laughs> God, you know, I do. Well, you may, I, may not. Maybe. Well, maybe. Maybe, maybe, from, maybe from, back in the well, day. Back yeah. in the day. Yeah. yeah. I'm not now, of course, but back in the day, there were some people that that's a form of King's disease. Those people who don't will over abuse whatever they get. It's just like drugs and alcohol. It's or gambling. Gambling. It's all Big. that. Oh, man. That's so like, oh. when you put these word, fancy words on it, it just gives it too much emphasis. It's literally the mind playing a trick on you, no matter what, how you slice it. So. Like I said, we can get further into that. But either way, I think that basketball, the way I've been raised to play it and how this all translates and how how everything works, me being a coach, me being, you know, in the game like I am, I think that my father mentored me, so he taught me how to be a mentor at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. That's what he did. So 
basketball is a side note. The other mm -hmm. stuff is what I do. I may, I talk to kids because he talked to me, and I always will. What would you say, like, the what were, like, the two biggest or three biggest lessons that you learned from your dad that you'd like to share with others that you feel like, they, um, they, if there's anything that you can think about the top of your head? Um, I don't know about three, but I know sure. one lesson that is very important that I learned from him is that you don't have to grow up and be somebody. You were born somebody. Because, I, I, you know, I went to career day and I came home and he, I was upset because I, I, I like to draw. And I, I was I wrote on my um, you did all your tattoos, didn't you? Yeah, I drew them all up. Yep. And um, I wrote down on my career day. I wanted to be a social scientist. I wanted to study people. Because I thought that the human being has to be the weakest thing I've ever heard to to literally torture the world for its personal greed. So I wanted to research that, and the guy told me, "What are you? That's not a profession." So I went home a little crying, a little upset. And my dad said, "Just because that's on career day, they make up these careers, and don't let it pigeonhole you into thinking that you can't do something else." And he was right, because I never thought I would be working for the NBA and training NBA players and doing all this stuff. I made a, you know, I made my own job description, so to speak. And it's a law of attraction. Yeah, I guess so. It and is. He, he made it easily from easy for me to make that transition by grooming me for it. So, and then, you know, another lesson that he taught me is everyone wants to be the best at something, but you can always be the best at working hard. No, you can't win at working hard. Because you got to do it every day. Mm -hmm. Takes and consistency. Working hard is the hardest thing to do in the world. So being the best at working hard, that's how you become great. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. So that's what I, you know, there's a few more gems he taught me, but those two stuck out to me. And that's why when I get up every day, I find a new way to challenge my mind and the body will follow me every, mm -hmm. every everywhere I go. So. Mm -hmm. You know, those yep. are some things that I think that these kids or the kids, my own kids, my son, my two sons can learn from my work ethic, whatever they see me doing. I try to challenge them to be, if not, you know, working as hard as me, working harder. Mm -hmm. so. Well, I mean, that's all you can ask for or hope for, <clears throat> you know, uh, like, like, uh, you know, like some like father, hopefully, like father, like son. Right. Same thing. Same yeah. 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 Yep. Vice versa. So. You know, one thing that, um, I, you know, I've been, you know, curious about, given the fact that last time I saw you on the court, I'm pretty sure you were wearing Cartman socks. Yes. What is your, what is your deal with Cartman? Because, you know, <laughs> uh, we've talked about this, like, you know, my karaoke song is Come Sail Away by Cartman. So <laughs> it was kind of odd. I saw you wearing these Cartman socks. So, and I was like, I had to ask. So I'm glad you asked that. I have more of a toy obsession, not of, not of not a Cartman situation. Mm -hmm. Okay, Car okay. Cartman, so when it comes to the Cartman songs, I feel like I'm getting ready to do something very disrespectful on the basketball court when I play. So I bought a series of socks that displayed that. So I bought uh, the Street Fighter sock. I bought Mortal Kombat sock. I bought Who Killed Kenny sock. I bought Cartman. I bought um, Michael Myers. I bought Jason Voorhees. I bought The Predator. Ooh, you know what you should get? Now, just going to talk about toys. You should get the Where's Waldo. See if there's a Where's Waldo figurine. Whoa. They don't they I've better never, not sell that. I've never seen one before. They don't sell that. Well, I bet you they, I bet you somewhere, it's somewhere out there. But that would be hilarious to show, to show King 
um, your book, the the Where's Waldo book, and then to give him an actual Where's Waldo hunt. Oh, See if make in him real go life. Find, in real life, make him go find the toy. Wow. And put it in there with a bunch of other toys. Yeah. That would be crazy. Mm-hmm. And we can record it and take a picture of it and yep. still look like it. Yep. That's dope. So do you think, <clears throat> uh, you know, King's five, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, do you, is he, you think he's going to want to play basketball? or what's, what's his thing? King is going to play any, any sport he likes. Right now, King is just into drawing and mostly. He draws a lot of pictures. And um, sports-wise, he's so you know, gifted and strong as a five-year-old that I kind of want to let him just figure his, his niche out with sports. He'll, he'll be good at whatever he plays. And my oldest son is really good at basketball. He's like, um, how old is he? He's fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, he's different. Like his basketball skill set is high, high IQ. Um, I'm proud of my son. You know, I when you, I don't want to brag on my son because I'm his dad. But you know, when your son's a right-handed basketball player and he sends you a video of him playing with his left hand in actual games and winning games and getting 10 assists and with his left hand and he's proving to you that he can do it, play ambidextrously and you're asking you're challenging him to do these things. It's very eye opening number one and shows me that he has a high ceiling and it makes me very proud that Mm -hmm. I can, I can train him and give him the things I work on now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's important. Yeah. You know, you know, leave, we talked about this, you know, you know, a couple days ago, but leaving a legacy. Mm -hmm you know, for your kids yes, and, and giving them something to share with, you know, the world long after you're gone, you yes. know? Yeah. And that's, I think that's, what's really cool also about the, you know, the bone collector Academy. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. You know, the bone collector Academy, you know, is a, you know, a new project, mm-hmm. which what we're going to get started here in Seattle first mm-hmm. and Chicago. Well, actually it's already, it'll be launched in Los Angeles on Tuesday, but the operations portion of, um, of the Basketball Academy, Bone Collector Academy, the operations part will start here with camps. We'll do camp, a lot of camps here to start so we can get the buzz going here and let the kids out here know that we are here. We'll be here for about six to eight months. We'll, in, in a couple of months, we'll move here. Obviously, big shout out to you, sir, as my, much love. my business partner, my new business partner who You've actually made my transition into what I actually, my, my vision, you made it much easier to, to handle on this side because you live here, number mm-hmm. one. You know everybody here. You're a great person, great businessman. All the, all the everything checks off. So what, what more could I say other than you're going to change? So we talked about this earlier, King's disease and all the money and all. You're about to change kids' lives through whatever name is brought to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And just so happens, basketball, bone collector, those things kind of go together. I do. For the times we're in, and we need, you know, kids love this sport. They love you, you. You bear witness to us running a camp for free yesterday, I believe. Yeah. Whatever we did yesterday had to be least a camp the way we ran that. And what, what, we didn't really do much other than show those kids you know, how much we care about them coming to this place, but we made them play a certain way. We gave them, you know, when I say we, my skill set got us here or whatever, but it takes all of us to make sure they have an experience, right? Mm -hmm. So you have provided, my friend, an opportunity for me to change kids' lives. So we become the field trip for them forever. That's 
what more can I ask for? So well, I appreciate the same opportunity because the you know me having a thirteen year old son named Jaden, you having a fourteen year old son and a five year old son. I didn't know that. Yeah. What? Yep. And so, so you know, oh, where is he? He lives in Montana with his mom. I haven't been able to see him for a little bit of time because she just had a new baby. Okay. Who is also a preemie. And wow. so she's being, you know, very uh, cautious mm -hmm. about COVID, COVID yeah. because, you know, either Jaden would have to fly here or I have to fly there. And you didn't have to quarantine. So I got him an Oculus. And so we've just been playing VR all the time and right. FaceTiming. Nice. That's good. He's, you know, he's 13 years old. So Does he, he like basketball? Yeah. Oh, it, tell him he's done. Oh, yeah. He likes basketball. He likes Next soccer. camp's in Montana, sir. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Billings. Billings. Yes, my man. Yeah. Well, dude, I love you and i love this camp and i'm love so excited too, to be a part of this and i i want to thank you so much for having uh i almost wanted to thank you for having me on your podcast but it's, Thanks, your podcast. But it's my podcast <laughs> Shit, maybe i need to smoke some more weed <laughs> but thanks for coming on my podcast mm -hmm. and sharing you know your background you know not just with me again but you know with you know my audience and 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 those that are listening yes. you know ultimately at the end of the day i want people to take away you know, something from this conversation. And the biggest thing I want them to take away is that, you know, much like Bone and much like myself and much like many of the people in the cannabis and CBD industry who have come from, you know, troubled pasts and, um, you know, situations that for the better lack of the word, you know, would often prevent you from being able to be successful. We are proven case studies of yeah. what, you know, the law of attraction to do when you're passionate enough about something. Mm. If you work hard enough at something, it doesn't matter. You can change. You can be, you can be whoever you want to be. You can recreate yourself. Mm. You just got to put in the hard work. Absolutely. And that's the biggest lesson. And I want to thank you for having me. And I want to say to everyone out there, this guy is not only a great person, but when it comes to understanding other people's business, He's very, very respectful and lenient towards that. Because when I met him, we were amongst many business people. And Gary you know, Vayner's birthday, yeah, right? his, his uh, yeah, barbecue for yeah, the SBs, yeah. Yeah. So, and I met a lot of people there. And I'm, those guys are still my, you know, my aces. You know, all the guys I met from David and, and all, all these guys all along the board. Shout out to Moak. Moak, yep. Um, having that conversation we had lead to where we are now shows your due diligence and that's what helps me grow. Mm -hmm. So I want the people to know that the lesson here is you have to be good at being yourself. So someone that's good at being themselves, they can notice that and enhance you, you know, they make you better. It's not about being selfish and inward all the time, just because you're good at something or you're, you're a basketball player, like I said, or anything. You always need someone to reel you in to keep you lifted up inside spiritually. And that's what you're, you're providing for people. Whether you know it or not, my life was going to change anyway, but you've helped it on a whole nother level. It's going to a whole nother direction. And I can't wait to see what this journey is mm. going to be like. I think that's like our 10th fist bump, and I love it. There's so another we're going to have a lot. Our, our whole trailer is going to be boom, 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 boom. Whoa. <laughs> thanks for having me though alright bro bro alright that's it that's rebranding cannabis with the bone collector Larry Williams the myth the man the legend the move maker and now I might just be the bone connector 
since you've already made all these connections here. That's right. And I got some gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I got a bunch of donuts and cookies and things that... And we have something that... We're going to see it later. Special surprise. Yes. For my guy. And we're going to cut it into the podcast. So, yes. anyways, till next time, this is Rebranding Cannabis. Peace. Oh.